Welcome to another edition of the Independent Grind Podcast, a conversation about the independent coffee shop and why we love her. To all of our listeners out there, to the ones who've been with us since day one, the ones joining us for the first time, welcome. This is a show for the grinders, by the grinders. We are happy to have you with us. Share us with your friends, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and most important of all, remember to sip local and tip well. Now, before we get to the show, facts on tap. That is right. I hope everyone is ready for some piping hot coffee trivia to jumpstart their morning. In Japan, there is a hot spring spa resort where you can bathe in freshly brewed coffee. The first of its kind in Japan, the hot spring bath contains Neldripped coarse coffee brewed at low temperatures from hot spring water. The healing aroma is said to reduce fatigue and beautify skin. Don't miss it when they add more coffee each day at 9.30, 12.30 p.m., and 3.30 p.m. with support from Mitsumoto Coffee Company. No drinking, please. That seem, seems like the most efficient way to get your caffeine. It's just nice to know that while coffee may not be good for the color of your teeth, it is really good for your skin, apparently. All right. We've had a few Atlanta episodes in a row because my partner in crime has been working on a top secret special project for a few weeks. John, time to unveil. What have you been working on? Well, according to the National Coffee Association, 64% of Americans report drinking at least one cup of coffee each day. And unfortunately for us, We've had to ask the question, where are they getting that caffeine? And while we'd love the answer to be the independent coffee shop, because obviously our mission is to help people see, support, and appreciate local independent coffee shops, the reality is most people get their coffee from big chains or convenience stores, gas stations. We've referenced Dunkin' and Starbucks many times on this show. It's never been positive, but we haven't talked about gas station coffee. So today, we want to discuss convenience store coffee, which brand is the most popular and why, honestly, they don't live up to any sort of coffee standard and you should be continuously sipping local. You texted me and said that you had a little game that you wanted to play around this, but you kept me in the dark. So what, uh, what do you have for us? Well, the folks over at the popular Gas Buddy app examined over 2 million gas stations, uh, coffee ratings and reviews over the course of like three years to determine the highest rated gas station coffee brand in each state. So I thought it'd be kind of fun. I'm going to give you the name of several of the brands and see if you can guess the state where they're most popular. I feel like I'm on like a, a mid-90s game show. First brand, Bucky's. Never even heard of it. Okay, that's going to upset some people. Uh, Minnesota? No, Texas. The reason I said Minnesota was actually, I, I was thinking of, of uh, the Bucks in Wisconsin. So I, I'm, I'm, I'd like to change my answer from Minnesota to Wisconsin, even though it's Texas. <laughs> Both are wrong. All right, 7-Eleven. Every, I mean, literally everywhere. That's like the most popular convenience store in the world. It's there, actually it is, only, it was only voted or rated most popular in one state. Someone argued that this shouldn't even be a state. Hint that it should be its own country. Oh, California? Yeah, California. Well, that's funny because, yeah, there's 7-Elevens. Like if you go overseas, particularly like 
Australia, New Zealand. But yeah, 7-Eleven, Subway, uh, those chains are fully saturated the world. Wawa. <laughs> oh, definitely Pennsylvania. Yes, and also it looks New like Jersey. Virginia, and then uh, just all like the pretty much the entire northeast northeast is just blanketed in Wawas, and then uh, and Florida, which that's kind of funny. Well, I Aren't guess so, Florida Florida is so kind of just New York, like a, a warmer New York, because everyone that lives in New York eventually moves to Florida anyway. I I've never is, did Wawa just recently come to Florida because I've never seen them in Florida. No, I think Wawas have been in Florida, and then last but not least, Quick Trip. Georgia. That is correct. And South Carolina, and then a lot of like Oklahoma, Missouri. South Carolina is interesting because I think there's a big quick trip Sphinx rivalry there. All right. You did. I don't think you got, you got like two right. So the, maybe this the is two seem, the two that I got right seemed like pity rights because you, <laughs> those ones were the state you're in and the state I'm in. <laughs> All right, we've got a widespread of brands that you've just tossed out. Which ones are you going to give us uh, a little bit more information on? And where did you do your research? Since I'm in Pennsylvania, you're in Georgia. I thought we'd focus on Wawa and Quick Trip. And then to avoid listener outrage, because Bucky's has some absolutely raving fans out there. And I know that there are some listening. I also have some pretty strong opinions on Bucky's, which is probably good because anyone that's ever been to a Bucky's has probably has a strong opinion. Their, their fans are, uh, it's like SEC football in the South, except in the Southwest in Texas. I mean, there are people that literally just drive to different Bucky's. They've got the merchandise. It's like a it's like a Disney World of convenience stores. All right, well, let's get to it. Where, uh, which convenience store are you taking us to first? Quick Trip. Uh, although, quick disclaimer: there are two Quick Trips, and there's actually a, a Quick Trip chain that's really popular in Minnesota, but it's spelled differently than the one in the Southeast. So that begs the question, uh, what's the difference? So they're both privately owned. One is spelled K-W-I-K trip. And the one in Georgia that's really popular is spelled Q-I-K. Neither one is spelled like the word quick, which is fun. Well, and and to maybe clear up the confusion, the quick trip we know and love goes back to QT most of the time. Yeah, Quick Trip in Georgia it was originally based in Oklahoma. And then the Quick Trip with a K uh, was originally based in Wisconsin, which is why you see it all over the Midwest. Quick Trip is just a massive corporation. They're privately held, founded in 1958. QT has grown to more than $11 billion in revenue. They have 850 stores in 11 states. Their strategy is to be like the dominant convenience store retailer in each market. So they are all about growing and devouring everything in sight. Fortune has ranked QT on the list of best companies to work for for 14 years straight. And QT also gives back to the communities it serves, donating 5% of net profits to charitable organizations. Now, they're a massive chain. I want to be very clear. They sell really average coffee. And it's typically hot. And that's really all we can say for their coffee. It's not, it's not great. They'll give you gasoline for your car so you can you know, slowly kill the planet. And then uh, they give you average cheap coffee in exchange for your soul. Agree on everything. You're spot on. The only thing I'll add is that their mochas are watery. Watery. Okay. Yeah. So not exactly an adjective you want to be using with mochas in case anyone didn't know that. Well, that brings us to the next convenience store I want to talk about, which is Wawa. Now, Wawa is where things get a little interesting 
because Wawa is also a massive chain. But get this, they're marketing themselves to customers with promotions like make us your local coffee shop. How does that make you feel? I mean, it makes me feel like they're lying because they're not a local coffee shop. I mean, the audacity for them to try and play on the heartstrings of independent grinders while they're just this massive chain who's trying to manufacture an assembly line of products. Just at each store, the same thing. Boom, 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 boom. Down the assembly line. So the thing that's interesting about Wawa, and specifically their coffee, is they have a lot of different roasts. They've got three different roasts. And in each roast, they've got a lot of different options. Their mild roast, they've got a regular, a decaf. They also have hazelnut and French vanilla. Their medium, they have a 100% Colombian blend that I've had multiple times, all for research purposes. And then they've got a bold roast, uh, Cuban and dark. I've had the Cuban several times as well. I tried to taste every single coffee on their menu. The only ones I didn't have were the French vanilla or hazelnut, just because I can't stand warm vanilla or nutty aromic taste in my coffee. But other than those two, I tried everything else, and it's not bad. They've got music. There's no dining room, but they really are trying to market themselves as just another coffee shop. And some of the locations don't even sell gas. They're just inline pop-up stores. Kind of scary. They also sell their coffee online and in the store, so you can buy it and take it home with you. I have nothing against the owners of Wawa. I'm sure that you know the founders, the people involved, the people who, who I don't know. I assume it's privately held, but if it's publicly held, the, the the stockholders. I'm sure all really great people trying to turn a profit and use it for good means. But the idea that they're marketing themselves as an independent coffee shop is not at all surprising because there is a people's movement going on right now where people are fed up with the national chains. And so, of course, of course, everyone wants to market themselves as an independent coffee shop. But very few people want to make the actual sacrifices to be an independent coffee shop. I hate to rip off Wawa's mask here and, you know, have this be a a big truth-telling session, but I have a duty to the independent grind to do that. Full disclosure, Wawa also sells cheap donuts. I think if we rip off Wawa's mask, like you do at the end of Scooby-Doo, what you're going to see is you're going to see a cheaper, uglier looking Duncan underneath that mask. But if you can get your donuts local, get them local. I don't know. I mean, I think donuts is more just quantity. This is the second episode in a row where you've sort of been really really skirting the line here. Like, ah, maybe three locations. Ah, donuts. This is not about, for donuts, it's just about getting your sugar fix. Like, yeah, and you should get it local. Local coffee shops sell donuts. I mean, sure, if you can get it while you're at a local coffee shop, but I'm not, I don't care so much about local donut shops. What I care a lot about is independent coffee shops. Well, Dunkin's not a local coffee shop, and that's where most people get their, their donuts. If you get, but you get your donuts at Dunkin, your coffee at an independent coffee shop. No, that's do not what support I Dunkin. Whenever I get donuts, I get them at Dunkin, and I oh. never get coffee. We haven't talked about this. This is something we should have talked about beforehand because we're just about to get into it live. (laughs) So every coffee shop I've been to, for the most part, sells some sort of pastry. 
I'm not going to go to Dunkin' and get a donut and then go to like I've got to stay away from Dunkin'. Very few independent coffee shops sell donuts. White Horse Coffee Company, very Canopy Coffee Company on Lookout Mountain, Griffin Cafe in Wayne has pastries. I'm pretty sure they have donuts. Not pastries, donuts. I said donuts. I'm fixing Don't to mince words with me. We were talking specifically about donuts, not chocolate croissants. All right. Well, we can agree to disagree. Confession to make. I have a Wawa rewards card. Uh, it just made sense as I was doing this research. And I got to I got to like I got to burn it. I got to get rid of it because I drive by a Wawa on the way to work every day. I've got cheap donuts and I don't hate their Colombian coffee. It's sweet, smooth and flavored. But that is just. It's help me here. I need you to talk me off the ledge. You're you're railing me over here for wanting to get my raspberry filled donuts at Dunkin' and going through the inconvenience of going to a separate store for my donuts versus my coffee, which in and of itself is a huge sacrifice. And you have a Wawa card? Shame on you. To our listeners, I want to offer from the bottom of my heart a sincere apology. Burn the rewards card. You have zero need for that. You really, I mean, if we're holding you to your standard, you really shouldn't even get your gas at a chain. I mean, you should be, you should be drilling in your backyard for that or going to an independent shop. The only thing that convenience stores have going for them compared to local shops is convenience. We want you to go to the inconvenience stores. Yeah. (laughs) Sip inconvenient. Our Our latest motto on the independent grind. Sip inconvenient and tip all of your money. All right, this is a good time just to transition. Let's talk Bucky's. I've got a couple of notes here. Bucky's is a Texas-based company, and it leads the overall rankings with the highest-rated gas station coffee in the nation. And while they're the most popular brand in Texas, there really aren't that many in other states. Their marketing strategy is to try to be a hundred and something miles apart from each Bucky's. They don't want Bucky's near any other convenience stores and they don't want Bucky's to be near other Bucky's. They want it to be a destination. And their their goal is to attract people who are traveling. They don't allow semi trucks to get gas from their location. They want to make sure it's really friendly for people that are traveling families. And the store itself has everything. It's like a grocery store, a coffee shop, they sell merchandise, they sell furniture. They've got everything in Bucky's. Paste they've got a they bake desserts. I don't want to do a deep dive on Bucky's on this episode, but I will say that I'm not worried about Bucky's because they position themselves far away from other locations and they're not trying to market themselves as a local coffee shop, unlike the evil empire Wawa. They're just like, hey, we're a gas station. If you need coffee, come and get it. Their coffee's not exceptional. But what they do do that people love, they have a giant milk and creamery section and they market it as being free, although I'm sure you're paying for it in markups with your coffee. But they've got every kind of creamer and milk possible in this giant freezer station in the middle of their store, which is kind of cool. And they're really well known for their bathrooms being spotless. Every Bucky's I've ever been to, they've had a restroom attendant who's handing out like napkins and mints and constantly like mopping and cleaning. So great place to stop if you need to use the bathroom. It sounds great. Um... And just as a brief aside, call Wawa the evil empire all you want, but you have an empire card, so (laughs) I don't think you're fooling any of our listeners. Okay, I want to transition, and I want to discuss an article that you and I have talked about at length off air. Perfect Daily Grind is a website and publishing company 
that talks everything coffee, everything coffee shop. They recently released an article entitled, Should Coffee Shops Ban Laptops? Which may sound kind of crazy, and it is. But there's a lot of buzz both in the United States and in Europe, where the Perfect Daily Grind is based, around whether or not coffee shops should consider banning laptops. So I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from this. I want to get your thoughts, Matthew. According to technology research company CyberCrew, a staggering 70% of professionals in the UK worked remotely in April 2020, and a good portion of those people working in coffee shops. The article goes on to say that prior to the pandemic, the number of people working remotely was already steadily on the rise in the US. The number of people in the United States working from home increased by 103% between 2005 and 2017, which is pre-pandemic levels, most likely due to the increased flexibility of working from your laptop anywhere that has Wi-Fi. However, during the pandemic, this went from a growing trend to an essential move to keep most businesses in operation. According to research from Global Workplace Analytics, 69% of U.S. employees work from home at the height of lockdown. Since then, surveys have shown that some 82% of U.S. workers want to be remote at least one day per week. It's evident that the COVID-19 pandemic has changed global working behavior indelibly. So that begs the question, why are coffee shops banning laptops? So the owner of Kafra, which is a coffee shop in the U.K., for rights, I didn't feel right or fair to turn people away and allow laptop users to have a monopoly over the space. Smaller hospitality businesses rely on the coming and going of customers throughout the day to survive. And the use of coffee shops as workspaces essentially limits the flow of business. Matthew, your thoughts? I think it's a very interesting question because on the one hand, Coffee shops are incredible meeting places, collaboration places. Laptops, a lot of times, are involved in that collaboration, particularly if you're working with some people. But on the other hand, laptops can also be really isolating. They can get you in this bubble where you're not involved in that communal aspect of the coffee shop. I mean, you're not observing what's around you, and it becomes just kind of you're just sitting in this place and you could be anywhere. I'm wondering how this would even work practically. He, he, one of the owners writes, you know, from a business standpoint that laptop users are spending like a maximum of $10 per day. So they spend their $10 and then they're just there, not, sell, not, doing, not selling any more cups of coffee. So what would these coffee shop owners do if they're going to ban laptops? Like have people walking around like, hey, sorry, you can't have your laptop out. I mean, people can sit and read. You're going to ban books. When we when we started the independent ground, I've been beating the horn of I wish we could ban phones in coffee shops. Like bring out the SAT bucket when you walk in the door, drop it off. Like that's how I would operate a coffee shop. I think the best way to go about it is is don't have Wi Fi if you want to go if you don't want people on their laptops. That way if they want to write something, then they can still use Word. Later in the article, author writes Coffee Chain Starbucks famously created and structured its business around a store design. Like Starbucks and Dunkin' have completely flipped the model. I mean, post-pandemic particularly, it's like you have, like they are built on just the drive-through model. So that's why I don't really appreciate the argument of let's ban laptops so we can churn people out. Coffee shops need to be community gathering places. Like that's the value of them. But there is something really cool about just not having access to the internet 
it actually leads to much more interesting conversation. In the pro col- the pros column for banning laptops, pretty much all the things you've listed, plus you don't have to worry about customers complaining, well, why is the Wi-Fi slow? Like, let the baristas work and focus on <laughs> delivering really good quality coffee. Uh, in the cons column, I love to sit in a coffee shop and work. Maybe the, maybe the, the call to action for people is to encourage them to tip well and sip multiple cups of coffee if you're going to be there. Well, I think we've we've given our listeners a lot to think about. Shoot us an email with your thoughts or DM us on Instagram. Should coffee shops ban laptops? Now, we know what time it is. A few shots of espresso. Let's get to it. John, if you had a gas station, what would you call it? Gas and John. Great gas. A clean John. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> when will you buy your first electric car? <laughs> I, I actually almost uh, rented an electric, well, a semi, semi-electric car. I just got scared. Like, what if, I don't, what if I don't know what I'm doing? Like, what if I don't, what if it dies? It was like one of those, um, some of these cars now you can, it's like part gas, part electric. I don't really get how it works, but I just, that's a great question. I, I'm still, I feel like I'm still like 10 years away. I do, I do love the environment for any listeners out there. I love the environment. I want to be clear. Look, it, it takes time to pull the trigger on it. I understand. I mean, I, I just only use a bike now because that's how much I love the environment, but you know, not everybody can be me. Not surprisingly, as with a lot of our episodes, donuts came up. If you had to eat 24 donuts in an hour, what type of donut are you going with? I've thought about this a lot. So we've got to eliminate Krispy Kreme. Those donuts are fried and just your stomach does not handle that well. Now, if they're really hot, you can get through a lot of them, but you're more likely to vomit and get sick. So I've been told. Um, <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have done that before with chocolate milk. Uh, the best donut is going to be Dunkin' Donuts. They're baked. So it's basically just like bread. And if you get chocolate frosting on it, it's going to taste a lot better. You can fly through some Dunkin' Donuts. And all you need is some water to wash it down. So you would go with chocolate, Dunkin'. not not um, just like a plain bagel or plain. No, not chocolate. That's risky. You need the sugar to kind of get your adrenaline really flowing, get your blood sugar up. You're going to need some, you're going to need to bring some insulin when you do this. Favorite Matt Damon movie involving a gas company? There is only one right answer. <laughs> Promised Land 2012. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. 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 With uh, John Krasinski. Correct. Yes. He's about Ooh. to be in another uh, movie, Stillwater. Or he already was. He yeah, Stillwater's out. already come out. I, I saw Stillwater in theaters. Well, thanks for giving us our daily dose of espresso. It was truly my pleasure. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag. A longtime listener, loyal fan, and friend of the program, he messaged me privately because he had some concerns. It's maybe the first time you're hearing of this, Matthew, but I think it's important we aired this out on the program. He writes, well, I have to say, I'm a little concerned about Matthew. After listening to the last Independent Grind episode, he was a little too flippant with the worries of chain endangerment surrounding the coffee shop you reviewed. You should consider checking his bank accounts to make sure he has not received any large sums of money from some mysterious donors. It's a slippery slope, he writes. 
first you blow it off. Next thing you know, you work in the corporate office of Starbucks, heading up their financial final solution to the independent coffee house problem department. I feel like this is one of those times where I've done everything in my power to support local coffee shops. And it's like nothing I can do is right. It's like <laughs> you come down with the hammer on them for you know being good at their business and and trying to employ a few more people and bring a little bit more joy to the community. All of a sudden, you know, I'm the I'm the bad guy. You know, this is a lot like parenting, I think, you know, or so I've heard. You know, I wouldn't know, but there's no right answer. I mean, there's no right way to do this. Well, I'm just been, trying to do the best I can. You've been parented, so you don't have to be a parent to understand parenting, especially if you're a kid, you've been parented. Yeah, listen, I got no leg to stand on here. I've got some I got some stuff in my own life around coffee shops I got to work out. Some some reward some reward points that need to just be Either I need to see if I can transfer those to someone in need because I, I can't use them, but I have a lot stored up at Wawa. Not good. So we both got some, I think we both can do some introspection and just see how we can better support local coffee shops. All right. That is a wrap for this episode of the Independent Grind podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram, the underscore independent grind, and drop us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the grind as much as we do. And as always, email us your questions and thoughts to yourindependentgrind at gmail.com. Until we meet again next Tuesday, sip inconveniently and tip unreasonably well. <laughs> <laughs>